Is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency going to zero today? Let's talk about some of the human psychology around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency investing as a whole and a fantastic interview from Mike Novogratz, uh, one of the more famous Wall Street representatives in the crypto landscape that he had on Bloomberg that I thought really encapsulated uh, the bear market as a whole and provided some very, very solid uh, advice in the long run. What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Crypto Bobby. Hope you are having a great day, great night, wherever you're watching or listening in from. Got that jam-packed episode, so we'll hop into that in a second. But a quick shout-out before we get into it uh, to our sponsor today, Mint Mobile. There is nothing better about the holiday season than unwrapping a brand-new phone until you get hit with the brand-new monthly wireless bill. And uh, big wireless providers can really suck the joy out of the holidays, but this year, don't just upgrade your phone. Upgrade your wireless provider and switch to Mint Mobile. And for a limited time, Mint Mobile is offering the best holiday deal in wireless that you've ever seen. Three months of service for only $20. Yep, that is right. Mint has three months of service for only $20. And this is here for a limited time only. For $20, you get three months of wireless service, five gigs of 4G LTE, and unlimited talk and text. Uh, so to take advantage of this Mint Mobile holiday deal before it's gone and get three months of wireless for 20 bucks, get that plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash bobby. That's mintmobile.com slash B-O-B-B-Y. And that, again, is three months of service for 20 bucks at mintmint.com slash bobby. Let's go. One of the things that I find most fascinating about crypto is how strongly correlated it is to human psychology and emotion. And what I mean by that is when you had Bitcoin at $15,000 or you know, in that bull run from October, November, December of 2017, going from you know, 3,000 to 5,000 to 7,000 to 10 to 15, all the way up to like $19,000. Everybody's talking about this is a new paradigm. This is a store of value. This is gonna go up to $25,000. even a million dollars per Bitcoin. And now Bitcoin is corrected back to when those narratives started. And now what are you saying? Bitcoin is literally dead. It is going to die and it's going to zero. Yes, that's right. Zero dollars and zero cents. It is going to go to zero. And the incredible thing about Bitcoin too is, I I posted this on Twitter, some kind of version of it, posted this on Twitter. A lot of people are like, hey, all investing is, is, is human psychology. Yes and no. Um, yeah, all investing and, and especially trading it has has a large amount of human psychology in it because humans are humans unless it's a, a you know an algo, an algo or anything like that. Humans are the ones kind of pulling the trigger and making some level of a decision there. But with crypto, there is no proper valuation metric. There are a lot of people out there. You know, you have like Nick Carter with NVT. Uh, you have coin metrics, you have on-chain FX. There's a lot of different metrics you can derive in the crypto space, but there is not one universally accepted metric out there that people might look to as, okay, this is something that I can base a trading decision off of. Maybe it's wallet addresses, maybe it's transactions, maybe it's partnerships, who knows? But there still is no universally accepted metric that you can run some type of a PE ratio on, or you can see the revenue of a you know of a crypto project at this point in time or something like that. So there's it is even more heavily involved in human psychology because there's no just 
one accepted number that helps somebody properly value. Some people might think, wow, Bitcoin is extremely undervalued right now. Some people might think Bitcoin is still extremely overvalued right now. You have these utility tokens that many people say are going to go to zero. Maybe they are. Uh, maybe they just actually have realistic valuations now. And if the utility does come into the fold, then you'll start seeing perhaps some growth there. But when you look at this, you know, when you look at the space right now, you have to realize how heavily human emotion and psychology plays into the crypto landscape and also how that's aided, in my opinion, by the media. A lot of the run up to $10,000, dollars $20,000 was really stoked by a lot of media coverage, a lot of you know, pot, not necessarily positive media coverage, but is Bitcoin the next big thing? Is Bitcoin going to go to the moon? Is Bitcoin going to be $250,000? How many times do you think when there was somebody on CNBC, and perhaps this was you, but you know, somebody pops on CNBC, you got Arthur Hayes or somebody else hopping on CNBC and saying, hey, I think Bitcoin's going to be $50,000 in 2018. And you got Grandma Sue back home with $5,000. And she says, oh, wow, you know, Bitcoin is you know, at 10 grand right now. I can get half of Bitcoin. That'll turn it to $25,000 by the end of the year. Bingo, bango, I'm good. So you have to think about a lot of that as you move forward in the space and, and really kind of base some of the decisions and look at yourself in the mirror, I think, based off that as well. And when it comes down to it too, now right now you have Bitcoin is dead. It's going to zero. The fundamentals of Bitcoin haven't changed at all. If anything, that they've they, the technology has improved, the scalability has improved. Uh, both Bitcoin, Ethereum, a lot of the other projects out there as well have made significant steady improvements over the year of 2018. I hate the phrase buildle or whatever people want to say, but people have been kind of hunkering down and building more. And I think that's a good thing. And there has been some consolidation. There has been some layoffs, unfortunately. And I'm not, I think the fact that people are on Twitter and all that type of stuff, you know, making fun of anybody for losing their job in the crypto space, I think it's kind of BS and I'm not a big fan of it. But um, yeah, there there has been a lot of there there has been consolidation. There will continue to continue to be consolidation, but people are also putting in significantly solid work on this front. And to go to that point too, so there was an interview with Mike Novogratz. A lot of you might know kind of his background in the crypto space. I've talked about him on the channel before. Um, you know, probably the most the the most famous uh, I would say crypto like institutional crypto investor figurehead uh in the space right now in addition to uh yeah maybe like the the tim drapers who have made some pretty pretty solid public calls in the past but Novogratz is the most wall street guy that has kind of come out and gone really all into you know most famous wall street guy that's kind of come out and gone all into crypto former Goldman Sachs partner, former uh, Fortress, uh, Fortress fund manager, absolutely crushed it. So we'll take, there's a few different takeaways that I think, uh, you know, you want to look at when you take this article and I will put a description into the YouTube video and the podcast below as well. But so Mike Novogratz was a, again, Goldman Sachs partner, also was a uh, fund manager at Fortress, kind of flamed out a little bit at Fortress. Uh, but he was happened to be roommates at Princeton with Joe Lubin, who is the CEO of Consensus, who is one of the largest holders of ETH 
on the planet also is the kind of ceo of of consensus like i said before so novogratz got into ethereum very early uh made an absolute fortune on ethereum or on eth uh ended up buying himself a private jet from eth and donating a bunch to charity also paying a bunch in taxes and just kind of generally made a ton of money started galaxy digital holdings and uh, in 2018, during the bear market, and Galaxy Digital Holdings has not done incredibly well. They're down $136 million in trading losses uh, in 2018. But looking at it, this interview, I think, is is great because it talks about how he was... Novogratz was the hottest shit walking in 2017 because he was the the innovative Wall Street guy that left Wall Street to do this crypto thing and was crazy enough to put some money into crypto when it was still smaller and absolutely made a fortune. And now he was coming in to, you know, legitimize or to continue the investment profile that he was looking for. Now that crypto is down 75%, basically across the board, he's the laughing stock of of Wall Street. And so he said that too, you know, they're talking about, you know, you've basically been the poster boy for the bubble and bust. What's that been like? And he's like, hey, I was it was awesome for a while and now I'm essentially the ugly face. Novogratz has some really good points in the article as well, a couple that I'll highlight here too. So there have been a few different times where there was one time in particular where uh, Novo called the bottom of the market and said, hey, you know, I think we've bottomed out here. And Turned out that was at when Bitcoin was about $6,200. And obviously, we did not bottom out there. And so, the one thing that he says is, uh, you know, during the first 60% down or so, they figured it would be a bear market when you know, Bitcoin topped. And, uh, you know, essentially, when Bitcoin topped, when Ethereum topped, they figured, hey, this is this is a bear, you know, we're going to enter a bear market. We should take our money out and then we should keep it on the sidelines for a solid entry. And so he said, you know, one of the big things that you forget with a market like Bitcoin, it's down 84% right now, that dropped 60%. So it dropped 60% from that 90 or $19,000 high. It's also dropped another 60% since then. And that's what he said is where kind of the pain happened. And the, the, the interesting story, and I'm sure something a lot of you guys can relate to, but, you know, Ethereum was at, or ETH was at $1,300. It dropped 60%. It came back uh, all the way to $400 uh, from $1,300. And that's where you know, Novo and Galaxy Digital were like, hey, you know, it's down 60%. It's $400. That looks like a nice you know, entry target. We're going to enter in. Whoops, now it's at $100. Now it's less than $100. Now we're down about 75% uh, or even more of the money from where it was down 60% in the beginning. So that's one thing where a lot of people like, you know, buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. Unfortunately, the dip can keep happening. And even when you're looking at assets where it's down 90%, uh, and, you know, I've talked about it before and I got ripped in the last video, one of the last videos that I did where I said, you know, hodling isn't always the best strategy and you can move some money out and try to gain a better re-entry point. This is one of those examples of it. And specifically talking about why Bitcoin continued to dive at the $6,200 mark, I thought Novo did a pretty good job of summarizing it. And I, I think he probably has as good of a hold, as, as good of inside knowledge in the crypto space as anybody here. But uh, he did say, you know, when Bitcoin was at the $6,200 mark, where it literally stayed for two months, there was like no volatility whatsoever. It was about as boring to be on YouTube slash being on a podcast and, and just being on Twitter as humanly possible. But yet Bitcoin holding that $6,200 mark for quite some time, he thought it was going to stay there. It stayed there for three or four months, 
thought the selling was finished, and then the Bitcoin Cash fork happened, and there was a lot of shenanigans with Bitcoin Cash miners and just Bitcoin miners selling hash power, selling Bitcoin to fund hash power. So he mentions that as one of the reasons that the selling uh, dropped the price where there was really that support and the support just fell through the, the fell through the floor. And then also looking at the same time, the SEC had come out as the Bitcoin fork was going down it started uh, you know, sanctioning a number of ICOs and coming after ICO investors and saying, hey, or you know, coming after ICOs and saying your investors can sue for damages. And really the Bitcoin cash thing and the combination of the ICO, uh, the ICOs with the SEC have crashed the market and continued to, to dip the market after it just pulled support out from that $6,200 range. And one thing that people always talk about, and I talk about it too, when you look at Bitcoin is, is Bitcoin going to be this digital gold? Is it going to be this store of value that people look to uh, you know, contain some element of their wealth in? And Novogratz was asked that question. I thought the answer was awesome. Should we think about crypto the way we think about commodities? And he said this, yes and no. I do believe Bitcoin is going to be digital gold. That means it's the only one of the coins out there that gets to be a legal pyramid scheme, kind of funny, just like gold is. All the gold ever mined in the history of the world fits in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. You're out of your mind to think that that pool is worth $8 trillion, but it is because we say it is. And I thought that was really interesting because there's a lot of people out there now saying Bitcoin is worthless. Uh, there are also those same people that are saying Bitcoin is worthless and that is going to go to zero that also think that an Olympic size swimming pool full of gold is worth $8 trillion. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it is worth $8 trillion because people out there and the market says it is. So at some point in time, the market might say Bitcoin is worthless. I don't think that will happen. Um, but Bitcoin is worth what essentially the market says it's worth whether or not that you can find some level of intrinsic value from it. And we'll finish off with this little kind of interview that we're, we're doing a bit of research on here. We'll finish off with two points. I think they were, they were fantastic points. So looking, and as, as somebody working full-time in the crypto space too, but looking at, at crypto, they asked, you know, how is your strategy at, at Galaxy, which is Novo's company, um, how has that evolved over the past year? And I thought that one of the things that he, uh, one of the things that he said was fantastic. And he says, "I keep telling my guys we're a surfer getting ourselves in shape for when the next wave comes. And when the wave comes, we better be the Laird Hamilton of crypto." So essentially, saying you know, right now times are shitty in the crypto market. There's no debating that. Whether you work full time in the space or you're investing in the space or whatever, it has not been a good time to be in crypto. You probably lost money. Um, that people probably think you're an idiot for working in the space, whatever it might be. But there is a decent chance that there is another wave coming of adoption of speculative mania of a bubble of hype. Maybe that takes until 2020 with the next Bitcoin having. Maybe that takes some killer use case adoption for one of these projects, whatever it might be. But if there is another wave coming, you have to be essentially sitting there training, getting in shape for that wave to come. So when that wave does come, that you can, if you're an investor, that you can fully capitalize on that. Or if you are, you know, running a business in the space that you have the infrastructure and the technology ready to go to capture that as well. And that was something that I really, really enjoyed uh, him talking about because I think for 
from an investment perspective, maybe that means if you're just kind of a regular, uh, you know, regular just retail investor, maybe that just means, you know, having money sitting on the sidelines for one day, if you feel like, hey, this you know, maybe right now is not the time at all, but maybe two years from now when the Bitcoin halving happens or something like that, you know, you have that money sitting on the sidelines, ready to go, ready to deploy and to put to work and you can enter and exit the market when you feel like it. Um, or if you, like I said, if you're a business, you're just building and kind of grinding and putting your head down. So when that next wave does come, obviously the bet there is that there is a wave that's going to come. Maybe the crypto market is is dead forever and that's what he goes to say. Um, but he says, no, it, oh, oh my God, it's not going to zero. It's just, you know, there is... If anything, we're at the stage where there is the pessimism, there is the fear, and there is the the, the thought process that it's going to zero. But I mean, I, I think quite frankly, it's just not. And the last thing here that I'll finish off with, so I put out a video the other day. If you're listening on the podcast, I'll put a link to the video below, but about utilizing compound finance, and I'll, I'll pull it up here too, about utilizing compound finance for... Um, the MetaMask here, but about utilizing compound finance to earn a small bit of interest in the bear market. And I got a ton of people, shout out to you if you you thought so, but I got a ton of people calling me a scammer, a ton of people saying I'm an idiot, this, that, the other thing, it's the next BitConnect, it's the next you know, it's it's the, the death of the world. I am a sellout for including and talking about a way to make 8% interest, even though there was no referral link, it wasn't sponsored, it had nothing to do with anything. Uh, just an interesting way, in my opinion, to make money. Uh, n- a couple quick points. So number one, I in that video, I clearly outlined the risks of this and why I thought it was interesting, why I thought it was risky. I will get to the risk that already came true in less than a week in a second. Um, alternatively, one of the other things that I will say is if you can't tell the difference between um, this and BitConnect, I probably can't help you too much. This is, you know, whether it's Compound, I saw a lot of other people talking about Celsius. Um, there are a number of different actual legitimate lending products and uh, platforms out there that are not BitConnect. There is a very big difference between 8% interest annually, and that's on a variable basis, and 1% interest per day. Very big interest, very big difference between essentially 30% interest um, in a month versus 8% in a year. Two very different things. Um, But going to that point too, so with Compound, one of the big things that I talked about, and this is I think true across the board, is anytime you're experimenting with uh, a lot of this technology, whether it's built on Ethereum or if it's built, you know, maybe you're utilizing Lightning Network on Bitcoin or maybe you're using something with EOS or or Tron or I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, But most of the stuff right now, at least for the time being, is happening. This decentralized finance DeFi movement is happening on, on Ethereum. One of the big things and one of the things that I was worried about, and I mentioned it in the video, is what happens if there's a smart contract vulnerability? I have about $6,000 right now sitting and die in compound finance. Um, and if that does, if at this point in time, if something happens with a smart contract, that money might be frozen. I might not be able to access that money. So there was an issue, a defect in the protocol for compound finance where they came out publicly, I think it was the day after I made the video and said you know, they had to deploy an updated uh basically an updated contract, uh, but they're pausing, they're pausing 
uh, borrowing on the platform because the smart contract, there was a vulnerability and they have to go through an audit process and there was a potential exploit within the smart contract. So when you look at something like compound finance, one of the things that you want to think about, or you know, any of these other ones, Celsius, whatever, is if you're locking your money essentially in a smart contract that you can potentially take your money out from any time. You can remove your money at any point in time from Compound. I can take mine out now if I want to. But one of the things that you do want to think about when it does come to this is there are smart contract vulnerabilities. And it's not like if you have your money in a bank, and granted, I'm probably earning less than 1% interest in a in a savings account right now with like Chase or something like that. But if you have your money in the bank, that's FDIC insured, you can get that money back, um, you can call customer support, whatever. If there's a smart contract issue with, with this, I'm probably screwed, uh, and you might be as well. So there's obviously an inherent risk factor there. However, it's not gonna be the scenario of BitConnect where there's some weird shady, criminal organization in India or wherever else it was, but I think it was India that just ran away with your funds and you never saw them again because there was a centralized control. This is all done on chain. This is all visible to see on chain. Nothing about BitConnect, it was a centralized shady ass service. But I would implore you to, to think before you dismiss certain elements of, of finance as a whole, um, but just this too, that not everything is a scam. There are obvious, obvious risks, which I outlined, which already came true. And I'll include the blog post below about, um, about the technical issue that they already un un encountered with their smart contract. But this is something that I think you absolutely should not just like close your eyes off and think scam. Because if you think that, you're probably stupid. I don't know. You know what? It is what it is. But and I'll go to the point too, and I can even at some point in time when, when the borrowing gets re-enabled, we can potentially walk through how you would short with something like uh, with something like Compound Finance or any of these other borrowing platforms out there. But you know, let's say too, we can give this example, but you have basic attention token. Maybe you don't like basic attention token and you think that it is overvalued because nobody needs to, you, you like Brave, you love Brave, I, I use Brave, but maybe you think basic attention token isn't very valuable because you don't need it to use Brave. So in the case of Compound or any of these other platforms, and again, this is not sponsored, this was never sponsored, there's no referral link or anything like that, but how you would use this and how people short and take legitimate short positions is you can borrow basic attention token right now at 2.75% APR, uh, so 2.75% uh, annual interest, you can borrow basic attention token. And there is a supply, there's a liquidity of about 470,000 BAT that I can borrow right now. So not a massive amount, but you can borrow some. And what you would do if you wanted to short that is you would borrow basic attention token. You would, first of all, you'd have to post your own collateral. So you'd have to post BAT or you'd have to post DAI or Ethereum as collateral to, you have to over collateralize yourself. So you have to at least have 1.5, um, you at least have to have 1.5 X of the collateral. But once you have that, you can borrow BAT. And what you would do with that BAT is you would go to uh, Binance or now you could do Coinbase Pro or Coinbase, whatever you would borrow. Let's say you borrow $1,000 worth of basic attention token. You would borrow that $1,000 worth of basic attention token here. You would immediately go to Binance or Coinbase Pro, wherever, whatever exchange you want to do. And you would sell that sell that basic attention token for $1,000. So now you have $1,000. 
off the top. You got $1,000 right now in your pocket. You think basic attention token is going to drop by 50%. So essentially what you would do is you would hold on to that $1,000. If basic attention token BAT, if BAT drops, what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to go back into Binance or into Coinbase Pro and you'll be able to buy that same amount of BAT that you borrowed for $500 and you can go back here to compound finance. You would return that BAT that you borrowed. So it was initially $1,000, then you bought it back for $500 and then you keep the spread in between. So you made $500 minus the interest rate for however long it took. So that is exactly how you would use something like compound finance if you wanted to short. And granted, there are collateral requirements, there's liquidations, there are origination fees, a number of things to take into consideration. But a lot of people are like, why would anybody borrow DAI? Why would anybody borrow BAT? Why would anybody borrow REP? Because you can short if you'd like. And there are a number of other things. If you didn't have the collateral to get into a new opportunity somehow and you wanted to, you could also do it with this. So a lot of different things that we can explore in the future. And I'd like to continue to explore some of these interesting use cases for the crypto asset market outside of just pure speculation of, I hope this token is gonna go from here to here and I'm just gonna buy it on Binance and see if it goes up or see if it goes down. There's a lot of really cool, I think, applications that are being built that deserve to be talked about. So if you do also like outside of compound, um, if there, I know a lot of people, like I said before, mentioned Celsius, if there are other solutions out there and they don't have to be lending, but like if there are actually cool products that I should check out, and I'm not talking about something stupid where you have a big fat bag of some product, um, you know, with a utility token or whatever, but if there's something that's actually cool out there that you want to check out, want to take a look at, please let me know in the comments. I would love to hear about it. I'd love to check it out. And if it's something cool, I can walk through it. I can you know, put a little bit of my own money into use into it or whatever. And I can see if it's worth the time and, and talk about it on the channel as well. So would love to do that. Outside of that, guys, I hope you enjoyed this video. I think really the, the main takeaway here is that crypto isn't dead. Yes, certain projects are going to die. Yes, there's going to be a consolidation, but this is very much based upon human psychology. Uh, and this is going to be a survival of the fittest game. And it also comes down to in the long run, whether or not you think there is going to be another wave or just continued steady adoption in the space, continued steady advancement. And if that's your bet, great. If you don't think so, tell me to F off and say bye in the comments and we'll go from there. But thank you so much for your time. Hope you hit that subscribe button if you're new to the channel. If you've been here for a while, hit that thumbs up button. Appreciate the time. Peace.